We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Have you been waiting for just the right job? Then welcome to the end of your search. Amazon has seasonal warehouse jobs in your area, and now is a great time to apply. You can start getting paid right away and work close to home. Applying is easy. You don't even need an interview. So what are you waiting for? Come join the team and get a great seasonal job offer today. Visit Amazon.com slash hiring. Amazon is an equal opportunity employer. Welcome back to another season of the DFS OGs podcast right here on rotogrinders.com. Our third season together. It's about 30, 30 some years of DFS experience coming into one pod. Good to be back here once again talking DFS. Going to walk you guys through the main slate each and every week. We'll give you a little bonus play uh, for Thursday night tonight. We'll cover that game briefly, but really want to spend the majority of our time talking week one main slate. I am your host, Chris. Beer makers fan Prince joined as always by my fellow OGs, my boys. Glad to be back here again with them once again. Head chopper, notorious, back in the saddle here, boys. Season three, Noto. Let's go to you first, buddy. Been a while. I know there's a ton of sports going on. You are a busy man. Golf, NBA, MLB, but we all know NFL is king. So uh, how we doing? Glad to have NFL back, and uh, welcome back, buddy. Yeah, NFL is king, and I'm just happy to have a season. You know, for a while there, we didn't know if we were getting any sports back, and now we have them all at the same time. So uh, it's been a little busy on my end, but uh, certainly worth it. And uh, it's been far too long, boys. Good talking to you, and I'm uh, pumped for the season. The Million Dollar Man. Chop, how we doing, brother? Doing good. Week one, man. Week one, is the, that's the week where you got to get it before everybody catches up. So I'm looking forward to week one. It was, uh, you know, the most uh, – absurd off season we've ever had and it's going to lead to one of the weirdest seasons we've ever had to be honest with you with no crowds and things like that so 
it's going to be interesting, but I'm just glad we got something to sit down and watch on Sundays, man. Exactly. You know, like, like Derek said, I wasn't even sure we were going to have a season. So here we are and uh, ready to break things down. And Chop, week one was your big week last year, right? Was that right? Yeah. All right. Week so, one is where you get it. You got to so get we it. Go. We, we got nice. the week one master here. So let's hope uh, one of us gets it. If not, one of you guys out there uh, has a big week one or we can all hell. Let's all have a big week one. So let's, let's quickly hit on Thursday night, guys. We know it's probably the marquee game of the week here, uh, Houston and Kansas City. So uh, Derek, we'll go to you here. We're going to be very brief on this one. We're going to have a ton of content up over at Roto Grinders for you guys for this game. So don't worry, we'll have you covered there. But we did want to hit on this game. We got Chiefs minus nine here, 54 and a half. And you know, this game went over 80 the last two times these teams played that crazy playoff game. So uh, Derek, real quickly here, uh, obviously almost everybody in this game is in play. I mean, both quarterbacks, you got players galore uh, in this game, but Maybe a sleeper, maybe an off-the-radar guy, maybe a guy you're fading, just just a quick hitter here this game. Yeah, I mean, this is going to be a fun one. Um, right off the bat, you know, without DeAndre Hopkins there in Houston, you got to like Will Fuller. He's only $8,000 on DraftKings. Uh, so I think he's going to be very popular. I think uh, a lot of people will go that route and captain. You can kind of build with him and both the quarterbacks if you want. Uh, you mentioned the nine-and-a-half-point spread. I do think that is going to come into play. Deshaun Watson's, you know, one of the best at playing from behind. Uh, he's great with, when it comes to scrambling. Uh, he's taking shots downfield. So I really like the spot for this passing offense. Don't really know what to do uh, in terms of their backfield. Um, I don't know if you guys have any strong takes. With both the DJs, David Johnson and Duke Johnson, um, I do think uh, they'll kind of go under-owned. So if you can kind of get uh, that backfield situation correctly, if you can predict it correctly, I think you're going to be in a really good spot. And then obviously for the Chiefs, everyone's in play. Um, just comes down to, you know, who you want to put on your roster. And I think it's a really good spot to build, you know, more than one lineup. You know, it's showdown. We got two amazing offenses and just so many plays that could happen. So for me, I'm going to be building a bunch of lineups, going to have some fun with it and uh, go from there. All right, Chop, quick take Thursday night football. You, you said it's a shootout and anybody's in play. I expect a lot of points. Under the radar, under the radar pick with a build would be getting something in there with the Chiefs defense. If they jump out to a lead, they could really put some pressure on Watson and 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 really rack up some points. Yeah, for me, under radar is going to be Daryl Williams. Everyone's excited about Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, but we know they're going to use more than one back. Uh, Williams has looked great uh, so far in the preseason, so. Uh, he's a guy I don't expect to garner a ton of ownership. As always, anybody playing running back in that offense uh, is going to have big-time upside. So, uh, Daryl Williams for me. Any betting picks here, guys? Uh, big spread, big total here. Uh, Chop, any strong leans on this one? I just can't see how I can get away from the over on this game. It just There's just no way you're holding the Chiefs back in this game. And, uh, and if we expect Watson to get a little bit in garbage time, it should go over. Derek, any uh, thoughts on the spread or the total here? Yeah, I got to agree with Chop. You know, historically, Casey under at home hits uh, pretty often, but uh, I think these offenses are going to have another shootout and just going to be scoring points all four quarters. So give me the over. All right. And while we're talking DraftKings on Thursday night, guys, now is the time to celebrate football. Finally back in DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports, has a millions of reasons why you should be excited. To kick off this football season, DraftKings is giving new users a free shot at a $1 million top prize with a total of $3 million up for grabs just for this first Thursday night football contest. So getting in on Thursday's single-game showdown is easy. All you have to do is download DraftKings, use promo code DFF, draft six players from the season opener, stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up 
against the competition. So a lot of you already have DraftKings. If not, go and get the app now to start making it rain. Plus, new users who sign up today on DraftKings using promo code DFF will receive a free shot at the $1 million top prize with your first deposit. Nothing adds to the sweat of watching the games like having a shot at a million-dollar payday. So go and download the DraftKings app now. Use code DFF for a limited time. New users get a free shot at the $1 million top prize and the $3 million in total prizes. Don't miss this extra special week one bonus. Enter code DFF to get a free shot at the $1 million top prize with your first deposit. That's code DFF. Only at DraftKings. Make it rain. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. All right, guys, let's move on to the main slate here. We got a, an NFC North game. We not the most attractive game on the slate here. We've got Bears and Lions. Chop, we're going to go to you here uh, for some DFS analysis. We'll come back to Derek and his thoughts. But uh, Chop, kind of an ugly one here. Two teams. You know, we'll see. I, I'm kind of excited about this Detroit offense. Uh, this Bears defense, we'll see if they can, can return to form. Mitch Trubisky named the starter there for the Bears. So what do we got here? A lower total on this game than, than some of the other ones out there. But uh, there could be some plays in this game. I don't know if it's stackable, but uh, find us some gems here. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. If I can, you know, gems are in this game, to me, are going to be hard to come by. I know somebody's going to get some good points here, but uh, when I look at the Bears, I, I don't know if Trubisky's, you know, that guy. So I don't know if I can trust his wide receivers just yet. Montgomery's got a questionable tag, not saying that he's not going to play, but you know, gosh, what has he, he hasn't really exactly, he has set the world on fire last year. He's got Cohen riding up his tail and there's just, I don't know, man, the bears don't interest me a whole ton. And then I look at Detroit and I think, I think you're right. I think that is going to be a good offense this year. Problem is that there's so many weapons. Like who are we? Uh, we don't know what's going to happen with Swift and Kerry and Johnson. If they're going to split or even if it's a 60, 40, I don't feel good about DFS on either one. Or even though that's great for real life, probably not good for DFS. Uh, the wide receivers, they've got some, they've got too many mouths to feed for me. Galladay, Jones, Hawkinson, you just never know. <laughs> There's the other, you know, Amendola had some big games last year, and I even like the kid out of Wisconsin, Cephas. I don't know if he's going to get any play in this game, but eventually down the road, he's going to be good. So it's a lot of mouths to feed. I've heard a lot about Hawkinson in the offseason, but well, everybody's going to want to go to Galladay as the number one in the offense, but. Week to week, you just never know when it's Marvin Jones or, or Kenny Galladay is going to have the big game. I mean, I understand there's going to be points here for me. There are going to be minimum in my lineup. These, yeah, from this game, minimum players from this, from this game in my lineup, just because there's so many mouths to feed here. Yeah, and, and without a preseason, you know, we don't know what the, what the snap shares are going to look like. You mentioned a guy like Amendola. You, they add Adrian Peterson to the backfield, so that kind of throws a wrinkle uh, in all three of those guys. We'll see how that breaks down, but – I don't mind some of these cheaper pieces. You know, Hawkinson, he had himself a head chopper week one. He went out there and killed it, and uh, we didn't see much after that from him. Not to say he didn't do much after that chop. If he went a million, you don't have we're, to do much we're about after the that. Same. We, we had about the same, uh, uh, yeah, a hey, parallel course there. As long as you got that million out of the way, that's all that matters. But So Hawkinson, Marvin Jones, uh, to me, is always underrated in season long. Same thing here uh, in DFS. He, he basically puts up the same numbers as Galladay uh, and always cheaper, but there are a lot of guys to feed on the other side. You know, Allen Robinson always plays well against this team. You know, no Darius Slay. So I think there's a matchup there for him, Anthony Miller, uh, to do well. But I'm with you. I, I may grab a piece or two here from this game, but I don't see any stacking here. You know, maybe you, you go Stafford and somebody. But uh, there are quick thoughts here and uh, any betting picks on this game. 
Yeah, I agree with you guys. Uh, my exposure is going to be very light to this one outside of Allen Robinson. Um, you mentioned Darius Slay no longer being um, on the team with the Lions. And then uh, he saw 147 targets last year with Trubisky under center. Granted, half of those were probably terrible targets, but still – I like his upside there. He's uh, played with bad quarterbacks his whole career, so um, he certainly knows how to make the most of what he's got. And that's pretty much it for me. Don't mind taking some shots on Galladay or Jones in tournaments. Uh, Hawkinson, like you mentioned. Uh, and then for the betting, I'll take the over in this game. Uh, it's at 44 and a half or so right now, and uh, it's kind of trending upward. Uh, I think these offenses get going a little bit, but just not enough uh, to make it a stack-worthy DFS game. I'm going to go with the Lions here, minus three. We're going to use the Lions right off the DraftKings Sportsbook. So we're minus three, 44 and a half. So, and if anybody out there, we, we had some great listeners all throughout the years, and uh, some people have tracked these bets for us. That is extremely helpful uh, for us. All busy trying to get all this DFS information for you guys. So uh, if anybody wants to shoulder that task, let me know. We can try to get you some Roto-Grinder swag uh, for helping us out. Chop, you got a quick bet on this game? Lions minus three, 44 and a half. Detroit minus three. I All think right. that's the pick we're going to go with. There we go. Moving on to the AFC East, Miami and New England here. Changing of the guard here, Chop. Uh, we got no more Brady, no more Gronk. Uh, they're off to Tampa, as we know. And uh, Cam Newton uh, officially named the starting quarterback here for New England. Uh, we know they have about 15 running backs you're going to have to parse through here. And then the Miami side. Are, are we optimistic here? Uh, New England missing a bunch of guys on that defense. A lot of those guys opted out, but – uh, is it still a matchup that, that we want to attack here? Another total kind of lower when we look at some of the other ones sitting down at 43. Uh, but I think there's some, some upside in this Miami offense. So what do we got here, Chopped? Dolphins, Patriots. Uh, yeah, first off, if, if somebody wants to keep track of it re and really keep track of it and, and make a thing out, we should, we should have that person who does it throughout the year. They, they can come on in week 17 with us and do the podcast there with us. That should be the reward or something Absolutely. like that. So. I'm down with that. Uh, yeah, man, just uh, that's that's a lot of work, but yeah, that'd be great if they did that. But I think this is a interesting game for DFS. I'm with you. I like my I like the Miami side there, and uh, you know I, I can't wrap my head around Preston Williams just yet. So I'm gonna take Devonte Parker and Mike Mike Jasicki to have a good game. Ryan Fitzpatrick, okay. Uh, I've I've barely scratched Brieta out of my pro player pool this week. I wanted he was one of the last cuts. I really want to play him, but I'm going to see how that unfolds. So I don't have a Dolphins running back going for me. And on the flip side, man, hmm, there's a there's some there's some high hopes on Cam Newton. I'm not sure just yet. I want to see this first game. If anybody interests me in this game, it's Julian Edelman, and and that's about it for the New England side. Yeah, I think Cam is one I'm willing to take a shot on. I mean, 6,100, price isn't terrible, kind of middle of the pack. We know what kind of upside he has. Uh, and I do like Preston Williams. I mean, there's a lot of wild cards here. Obviously, in week one with everything going on, we don't have a ton of information, but uh, he was pretty solid uh, last season. And if Parker's going to see uh, the tougher coverage, I think Preston Williams, decent value there. Tough to play Howard or Brieda. We'll see how that split works. New England backfield, pretty much hands off there as well, Derek. So, what do you got here? Patriots, Dolphins. Yeah, I don't really like a ton from this game. Uh, the Dolphins, you mentioned Howard. Uh, he's not really a pass catching back, and Dolphins have a pretty bad offensive line to begin with. So I prefer Breed over him. Uh, probably going to be avoiding both, though, in week one. Um, you know, they're going to take some shots with Devontae Parker downfield. Preston Williams is fine. You mentioned the guys that the Patriots are missing. Uh, most of them are in the front seven, though. They still have a really good secondary. So uh, definitely a below average matchup for those receivers. And uh, I don't mind running out, you know, Cam Nakin. Cam Newton as the naked uh, quarterback this week. You know, he can have that rushing upside. 
has probably got a lot to prove. Um, probably going to be avoiding the backfield, though. You know, you mentioned Damon Harris being out, and then Sony Michelle, they're going to bring him along slowly. I'd like to play James White here, but I mean, you got so many guys in that same price range that are just going to get more work. Miles Sanders, Joe Mixon, Josh Jacobs, guys like that. Uh, you just have to pay a little bit more for. So for me, Cam Newton on the Patriots, and then maybe a sprinkler two of Parker or Williams on the other side. And when Derek says he, he would play Cam Newton naked, just want to clarify here for anybody that, that's new to the pod, what we're talking about here. Uh, you do a lot of stacking in DFS football. What that means is you correlate pass catchers and quarterbacks and get multiple pieces from the same team. To play a quarterback naked means you don't necessarily have to stack him with somebody, and you generally do it with more of the running quarterbacks, the Lamar Jacksons, Cam Newtons of the world. So I know a lot of our audience has been with us all three years. Uh, there may be some new listeners. So if you guys ever have any questions on some of the things we say, please do not hesitate to reach out to any of us. Uh, we know a lot of people are, are just jumping in and learning this game. So uh, great points there, Derek Chop. Uh, minus six and a half here for New England, 43 on that total, Derek. I don't have a strong feel for this game, but I will take the pass at home. I just don't really trust the Dolphins. I'm going to go with Miami here. I'm going I'm to take the points, and uh, I think it's an, an upstart group. We saw the end of last season. You know, they, they seemed like they were trying to lose, but the players said, F that, we're trying to win. So uh, I think they can keep this one competitive. I'm just not sure. Uh, do we get the same New England juggernaut we've seen in the past? So generally very good at home. That's the worry here. But uh, six and a half seems like they want you to take the Patriots. I'm going to take the Dolphins. Chop, what do you got? And to be fair, Derek probably is making his teams in the nude. So he is actually <laughs> playing Cam Newton naked. So, I mean, to me, I'm going to take the points and the Dolphins, and I want that on the record, but off the record, I actually think Miami has a chance to pull the upset here outright. There you go. A little, little money line action there, Chop. Plus 230 on that money line. So I, I Got to make the record one. look good, there though, go. so I need, I need to go ahead and take the points. There you go. <laughs> off the record for our official scorekeepers, Miami and the money line. All right, let's go to Philadelphia and Washington, Derek. Philadelphia, uh, I think it's going to be one of the better teams in the NFC this season. Uh, we'll see if they can get them receivers healthy. They're already dealing with issues there, so make sure we hit on that. And in Washington, uh, it's been kind of a, a cleaning house there. No guys, no Adrian Peterson. Still a lot of question marks in that backfield. Looks like Antonio Gibson projected to be one of the highest-owned players on the slate. And as much as I like Antonio Gibson, I think that's a little aggressive here. So hit on that as well. Uh, the Washington offense, can we get anything here against this Philly defense? What do you got, Derek? Philly and Washington. Yeah, if you're playing Antonio Gibson this week, just be uh, prepared to tilt. You're going to get a lot of Peyton Barber one-yard carries. I mean, J.D. Bukisic, he's listed number one on the depth chart. I still don't think he's going to get uh, the most work there. I do think Gibson's going to be the best play of the bunch, but um, I don't know. I wouldn't expect more than eight to 12 touches. He can still get there uh, with that, especially if he's going to get, you know, four to six targets out of the backfield. But I wouldn't call him like a slam dunk value play like we've seen in the past with some of these running backs. Uh, it's still going to be a three-way split there. And then, uh, you know, they got... At Baker's, no matter where you order free pickup, you get the same great deals as you'd get in store. So you can save when you order during band practice or at the dog park or wherever. Start your cart with the Baker's app and save from wherever today. Baker's, fresh for everyone. $35 order minimum. Restrictions may apply. Subject to availability. Choose from a great selection of digital coupons and use them up to five times in one transaction. Check our app for details. Baker's, fresh for everyone. I read Jay Gruden, brought in Ron Rivera. Kind of think they're going to be a little bit more aggressive offensively this season. But Dwayne Haskins is still the quarterback, so 
Uh, don't really love that. Uh, they brought in Darius Slay, at least the Eagles did. Uh, so they, he might end up covering McLaurin here. Maybe Steven Sims is going to be a sneaky play. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't really know what to do with Washington. I'll have some shares of Gibson, but I'm not making a stand one way or the other. And then for the Eagles, yeah, if Deshaun Jackson can stay healthy all year, it's really going to help take the top off of defenses. I can open things up for Ertz and Goddard underneath. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey going to miss the first few games. So I think it's a good passing offense. I think it's a good spot for them as a whole, especially with uh, Washington's secondary uh, being pretty suspect on the back end. And Miles Sanders, as long as, uh, you know, he's going to be a full goal for week one, I think he's one of the better options, even though Washington was pretty good against the run last year. I just think he's going to have a big enough workload and a good enough game script for him to get going a little bit. Yeah, I'm with you on Sanders, and I have the same concerns. You know, easing him back in, are they are they going to try to lighten the workload? But back in week 15 last season, 19 carries, 122 yards, six catches for 50 yards, 38 DraftKings points. So right there is a, is a, a tournament-winning performance. So at 6,300, I like him. Uh, Deshaun Jackson, a guy I like, but the ownership is looking crazy on him mm-hmm. as well, Chop. So – uh, Washington, Philly, we got some highly owned guys. Uh, Sanders, both Derek and I like. What are you thinking here, uh, Eagles and Redskins? Uh, keeping it as short as I can. Philly is in play with that passing game. Wentz and Deshaun and Ertz and, you know, good, good air sneaky just because they don't have very many other options in the passing game. So they're fine. And on the Washington side, I do expect – a better season out of them, a much better season out of Haskins. Terry McLaren is a guy I'm eyeballing in general this year. The only – and I, for my pick, I'm going to be taking Washington plus the points here. Uh, but it does concern me that we had such a weird offseason, especially for Washington with everything. They don't even have a name, really. All the, all the weird things that happened and then the COVID thing and – and they've got an entirely new coaching staff. That worries me. So I'm worried about week one with no preseason or anything. But I'm taking Washington with the points. And I think I like the two passing games in this game. Yeah, uh, the Washington football team. I mean, you couldn't even come up with something. <laughs> uh, so it's just it's a, it's a shit show, basically. I'm going to go the under here. I, I don't know how crisp these offenses are going to be, especially Washington. I, I could really see them uh, barely getting to 10, 13 points in this game. So I like the Eagles defense. Uh, as a DFS play, uh, and I'm going to go under 43 here for my pick. Derek, what do you got? I don't trust Washington, and I don't want to play a six-point favorite on the road in week one, so give me the under with you, Bear. All right, let's move on to our next game here, Green Bay and Minnesota. Now we're talking here, get my Packers going in week one, but uh, another lowish total here. You know, we got we got some games with some higher totals on the board, but – uh, Derek, we'll go back to you for this one. Uh, NFC North, you know, these games can get ugly. Uh, Minnesota minus two and a half, 46 on the total. The Packers maybe had the worst offseason ever uh, with the draft and, and some of the moves they made. Uh, Minnesota, we still have issues with, with Dalvin Cook's contract. How motivated is he going to be? Uh, no pass catchers really outside of Adam Thielen with the trade of Stephon Diggs. Uh, Jefferson hasn't really stepped into that spot yet. Uh, Irv Smith, the young guy, really likes. So, there, there is some intrigue here, but as far as DFS, Derek, what are you seeing in this one? Yeah, so both teams want to run the ball, and uh, I like both the wide receiver ones <laughs> for some reason. So Devonta Adams, uh, I think he's going to get a bunch of targets. You know, uh, Aaron Rodgers doesn't mind throwing to him even when he's covered. And like you mentioned, they didn't really add anyone uh, in, in the receiving court. Alan Lazard, 
Valdez Scanling and Robert Tanyan kind of round out the options there. So I think Adams is going to get a bunch of work, and uh, the Vikings are most susceptible in the secondary. They got a pretty good front seven. Who's going to be my option uh, on the Packers? And then uh, Adam Thielen uh, no longer has Steph Diggs there in Minnesota. I know the Vikings want to limit, you know, the plays that uh, Cousins is going to have with the ball in his hands. But um, Thielen, it sounds like he's healthy. Sounds like he's been the best player on the field, uh, you know, during training camp and during their run through. So I think he's in for a big season. He's kind of priced like a wide receiver, too, even though he's going to get a bunch of work in this one. And if you want to go with Dalvin Cook or Aaron Jones, I certainly don't mind it. But they're not really on my radar, you know, as core plays this week. I, I agree on the receivers. Uh, they both seem a little bit too cheap. I mean, Adams at, at 7,300. I guess he's the third on the slate behind Michael Thomas at 9,000, uh, who we'll talk about. Julio Jones at 77. Uh, but Thielen, 6,700. It should see a ton of targets. Uh, so I agree there. I do like Aaron Jones here. I, I think the hate has gone a little too far. Uh, we know a lot of season long kind of bleeds into DFS, especially in the first couple weeks. But this guy averaged 30 DraftKings points a game against this Minnesota team last season, uh, scored 32 and 28 points against them. So uh, A.J. Dillon is there. I don't know how that's going to work out. Is it going to affect uh, the upside of Jones? We'll see. But uh, under 7K, I have some interest there as well. Chop your thoughts here, Packers and Vikings. Uh, this game comes down to two guys for me. It's Devontae Adams and it's Dalvin Cook. And those are my main targets in this game. And and that's what I'm sticking with right there. And uh, let me take a look at this. Boy, I don't like that number at all. I don't like I don't like that spread. Don't like that to- total. Man, that's a tough one. So I don't know if I'm going to be made. Abstain from pick here. Are you? <laughs> well, we don't have guy? to go with it. We don't have to take every game, right? Like, no, you don't. Have I mean, to. I mean, it's how you want to I mean, play. If you're, twi- if you're going to twist my arm at 46 early in the season like this, I'm going to go ahead and say the over. Because uh, I think that uh, the Minnesota defense is going to be weaker this year than we've seen, maybe since uh, maybe since Zimmerman took over. So I'm going to go with the over. I think the Packers can put up points. That's why I like Devontae. Just don't know if I trust anybody else in the offense. And on the other side, Dalvin, because I just don't know if I, I don't know if I trust Thielen out there as the go-to guy with Kirk Cousins right now. Not in this matchup. I'm going to disagree. I'm going to go under 46. I mean, these are both teams that want to run the ball, establish the run, slow the game down. So it it could be ugly here uh, with the passing attack. So uh, two pretty decent defenses. I wouldn't say they're elite, but uh, good enough. So I'm I'm going to go to the other side and go under 46. Derek, uh, your pick here, Packers-Vikings. Feels like a field goal game to me. So if you can get Green Bay plus three, uh, that would be ideal. It is two and a half on the DraftKings Sportsbook. So I'll still I'll still take the two and a half, but would rather have the three. All right. Next game, we're gonna go Indy Jacksonville. And and Derek, I'm gonna I'm gonna go to Chop here to talk Jags. I, I don't want you getting overly excited here in week one. So uh, we're gonna let Chop talk about this game here. We're gonna come to you and get your thoughts. But uh, Chop, we got Colts as an eight point road favorite and that's about all it needs to be said about Derek's Jacksonville Jaguars it's going to be a long season here but 45 on the total and the Colts an intriguing team and the, and the main question chop can we trust Jonathan Taylor in week one is it going to be uh, more too much of a committee for you to go there and then the Jag side of things I mean I, I love me some Gardner Minshew uh, DJ Chark it's going to be a combo I will use in this game agree or disagree on that one no uh yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna agree, and this is a, this is a tough one. This is another tough one. I I think the Colts are in a good spot here. The problem is, uh, they've shown that they want to run the ball, and Philip Rivers 
is on the downside of his career. He's not a he's not a great quarterback anymore like he once was. And you've got these two running backs who are going to who they want to run the ball with, but boy, I could really see a 50-50 split here. Jonathan Taylor's a guy I would want. Problem is, I don't even think he's listed number one on the depth chart. That's tough to, you know, that's tough to wrap your head around rostering a, a pure backup with limited, both of them very limited in the passing game, especially as an eight-point favorite. It's just a tough team uh, to, to roster in DFS. I like them. I think they win this game. Uh, but that's just a tough, a tough deal to roster that. And on the other side there, yo, if I like anybody in that backfield, it's Chris Thompson. But I don't think I'm going to fall for anybody in the backfield there. I'm definitely not falling for James Robinson being listed as the starter. I'm not going down that route. And uh, Minshew, maybe he gets you a little garbage time. But going over his stats from last year, he had other garbage time opportunities, and a lot of times he didn't come through at all. So I think Shark is the guy right there, and that's – and then this Colts defense is going to be better than what you think this year. So Shark's not a lock and load this week, but he's about the only play on the Jags I like. Yeah, I mean, it's – I mean, she gives you some upside with his legs as well. Obviously, there's concerns that the team total is very low here for this team. So uh, not, a, not a stack I'm going to go and, and make 100 lineups with, but – uh, one I'm going to throw in, and who's the running back, Derek? Who's the guy on Indy that you'd want if you are going Minshew and Shark? I think I we usually don't like targeting T.Y. Hilton outdoors, but it just seems like he's going to have a big game against uh, his bad defense. You know, Phillip Rivers in his first game kind of wants to get the ball to his number one. So I'll, I'll have some uh, shares of Hilton and then Jack Doyle if you want to punt a tight end. Don't mind that with Trey Burton out. For my Jaguars, I mean, it's just a fire sale. I don't know what they're doing. Um I mean, not that I'm a big Fournette fan anyway, but uh, it's going to be a long season, and Minshew's going to get a lot of garbage time, so I guess that's good for his you know, season-long fantasy production. Uh, but I'm kind of with you guys. Don't love anyone outside of Chris Thompson in the backfield. Uh, he should get a lot of garbage time run, uh, catching balls out of the backfield. And then Indy likes to play that Tampa, too, where they keep everything in front of them. That worries me a little bit about Chark. So maybe Tyler Eifert's the guy. Uh, could have some new life there in Jacksonville. Uh, just overall, not too high on my team or on this game in general. Now, Derek, can I twist your arm and get you to make a money line bet here in your Jags plus 320 in the DraftKings Sportsbook? No, definitely not. <laughs> that was your bet all season last year. You're hammering that Jags off money once. line. I, yeah, I think I mean, it worked well. They're, they're going to win two or three games, so maybe they get oh, off to a good start here. But we got Colts minus 845 in that total, Derek. You got a pick there? Uh, give me the – over. I think the Colts will have 40 and then Jags can get six or so. I, I agree. I think there's going to be some points here. I'm going to go over 45. That line looks about right. And eight's a lot to lay on a, on a road favorite. So just, just give me the over 45. Chop, what do you got? I think it's one of the interesting dynamics this year early on. Maybe Vegas still favors the home teams a little bit more. You know, it's typically around a three-point cushion for the home team, but with no crowds and none of that to deal with, I think it's a little different. I don't think the eight is as big this year, so I'm gonna I'm gonna take I'm gonna lay the eight for it with Indianapolis on the road. All right, chops calling Colts blowout here. So let's See, let's that's get a good take. Oh, I mean, boy, that's that's the rational take, chop. Way to go! <laughs> All right, let's go to our next one: Seattle and Atlanta. This one should be fun, guys. I mean, this is another one kind of like the the Houston Kansas City game where it, it, it's hard to find guys that aren't. A playable in this game you're going to have some very highly owned guys uh, in this game as well specifically DK Metcalf looking like he might be the highest owned receiver uh, on these slates so 
Uh, Derek, let's go to you here. A, a shootout, guys on both sides. This is a stackable game. Who's not in play? Who are you making a priority here? Just kind of kind of parse through here because there's a lot of options in this game. Definitely a stackable game, and the best-case scenario is that the Falcons get out and build a pretty big lead because when the Seahawks are playing you know, with the lead or if they're playing in a close game, they like to lean on the run. Uh, they don't really let Russ do Russ things, um, even though they should every single week. Chris Carson, if they're going to have a lead, is going to get 20-plus touches. Um, so for me, I'm hoping the Falcons get off to a lead. If that's the case, Russ is going to have a big game. You got Lockett and Metcalf there, uh, both strong options. They're both trading out as pretty good options uh, in our projections here at Roto-Grinders. Then on the Falcons' side, um, Todd Gurley back. Uh, we'll see what he does with his new team. Uh, they typically don't like to give their running backs like 20-plus touches. So if he can get 16 to 18, I think he's okay, but probably not a guy I'll you know, target right off the bat. Um, the guy really likes Hayden Hurst. You know, they spend a second-round pick on him. To get him from the Ravens, he was a, a former first-round pick, and uh, they got rid of Austin Hooper. So I think it's a really good spot for Hayden Hurst. He's pretty cheap across the industry. You can obviously go with Ridley and Julio and uh, Matt Ryan, all those guys. So it's a stackable game, but I really hope the Falcons can get off to a lead. Then we can get into that shootout territory. Yeah, I agree completely on Hurst. I mean, Julio, Ridley, Ryan, those are easy. I think I think Gurley is going to be a question mark. I, I lean more on not playing Gurley off the bat just to see – how it's going to go, but there's certainly upside there. But I really like Hurst, you know, stepping into this role, an athletic tight end and not be the focus of the defense. Uh, Seattle was bottom five in fantasy points allowed to the tight end last year. I know they brought in Jamal Adams. That's certainly going to help. But uh, I think Hurst in for a big season. I think you're really buying low here uh, early on in the season. And Seattle side, if, if Metcalf's going to be 30% owned and Lockett's going to be 10% owned, I'll spend a few extra more and, and get Tyler Lockett here, Chop. So, Break that down. I think you could play them both. We know that target distribution is very, very thin there with those two guys. But uh, give me the guy that's going to be a, a fraction of what Metcalf's going to be on there. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree with both of you guys. The, you know, we just need to we need Russ playing from behind a little bit. That's what we need in this game. Uh, we we definitely don't need Seattle jumping out to a bit of a lead, or we're going to all be screwed in this game. So uh, get Russ playing from behind. And we- We'll be in good shape. I think everybody's in play, just like you guys said. Um, I favor. <sighs> yeah, I can. Man, that's tough, dude. <laughs> I don't have. I don't have Julio's home road splits. I haven't got that far in there. But man, isn't there like a big discrepancy there? Isn't it Calvin Ridley at home and Julio on the road is the way you want to go? I don't know. It's, but, uh, it's Calvin I, Ridley scores all the touchdowns and Julio just gets. Well, all that the is yards. true too. But that's a that's a heck of a duo right there. So. Uh, in with her, so that me that me that puts Matt Ryan in play big time every single week. I like that, but we're gonna have those weeks this year where Todd Gurley just vultures two, three touchdowns. I really think I don't know if he's in for a full bounce back. I don't know if he'll ever be the same guy with the knee injury, but at least early on, we've seen this with the veterans who have some injury history. Early weeks is when you want to get them. If not, then you're you're not you don't want them later on in the year. So. He's going to do it. This may be a week for him to do it. So, But everybody's in play. I'm not going to try to de- dis- decipher between any of them. So they're all – this whole game's in play, like you said. The 49 tells a big story here. Trying to check the ownership on Gurley. We have him at 7% right now. So, mm. I mean, that, there is upside. More, That's pretty low. Yeah, probably more of a FanDuel touchdown yep. kind of a thing. I, I don't think he's going to do a, a ton of volume stuff to – be like a McCaffrey on DraftKings, but on FanDuel, I think it's a good play. Yep, FanDuel, obviously more touchdown heavy over there, DraftKings with the full point PPR. So 
Uh, anyone that's wondering, that, that's the, the basic difference. We could break it down a lot more than that, but uh, just something to keep in the back of your head. So uh, let's get a betting pick here, guys. Seattle minus one and a half. 49 is that total. I'm going to go with the Seahawks. Chop, you laid it out earlier. You know, these dome teams really lose that, that home field advantage with the crowd and at being so loud. And I just think Seattle's the better team. I think Russ is a gamer, and uh, I think he gets a, a victory here. So give me the Seahawks. Chop, what do you got here? Just a lot of offense, a lot of weapons. So I'm going to take the over in this game. I'm going to go over that, that touchdown mark, seven touchdown mark. All right, Derek, uh, one and a half, 49. I think you play a little correlation here. If you like the Seahawks, take the under. Uh, if they're going to be playing with the lead, if you like the Falcons, take the over because we know the Seahawks will be uh, a little more, you know, uh, willing to air it out a little bit. So I will take Atlanta with the over. All right, moving on. Cleveland, Baltimore next up for us here on the main slate over on DraftKings. You are listening to the DFS OGs podcast here on Roto Grinders. So, uh, Derek, we're going to go to you here. Question on Baltimore. Do we, do we play Lamar Jackson, 8,100? Uh, for a quarterback, we tend to like to spend down at that position, uh, load up on running backs. But uh, we know Lamar was a difference maker last season. Uh, 8,100 is a big number there. Uh, so break that down. Looks like Hollywood Brown is way too cheap. Uh, that's kind of reflecting in the ownership as well. Expected to be the highest owned wide receiver on the slate at this point, uh, pushing 30% ownership. Uh, Cleveland side of things, do, do we get a bounce back here? Do, do we get the team everyone thought we were going to get last season with all these weapons? They just minted Kareem Hunt, two-year extension for him as well. So this is going to be a, a two-headed monster in the backfield. So uh, lots to break down on the Cleveland side. Baltimore, uh, again, do you play Lamar Jackson or is it too too much of a price there, Derek? Well, I played uh, Lamar quite a bit last year, and I didn't play him enough. I mean, he was just so good every single week. I had a high floor, had a high ceiling. And I think that's going to be the case again in week one. It all just comes down to roster construction. You know, quarterback, there are so many different options and uh, the range of outcomes are a lot more narrow than some of the other positions. So I generally try to spend down when I can. Uh, but there are enough values. You know, if you're playing Gibson and uh, some of the other values that we've talked about, you can easily make a case for Jackson. Certainly no issue with him. Um, you can pair him up with one of his receivers if you want. Uh, you mentioned uh, Brown being one of the highest owned receivers of the week. And uh, it's kind of strange that he and Deshaun Jackson are garnering so much ownership. You typically want to play those guys when they're low owned because they are very boomer bust in nature, uh, but they're both, they're both going to be pretty popular. So I think they're still solid tournament plays, but they're not bad tournament fades either, just given you know the way that they uh, rack up fantasy points. But yeah, I like Lamar. Uh, I like Andrews quite a bit as well. And then on the other side, I don't think I'm going to go with anyone on the Browns. I just want to, you know, see their offense a little bit first. Now, Hooper should be a nice addition to the offense, but uh, Ravens have a really good defense uh, and they blitz a ton. So I might have some uh, Raven shares, uh, especially with Baker Mayfield behind center. We know he turned the ball over quite a bit last year. Yeah, we got Beckham and Landry the same price. And it's hard to argue that Landry was the better receiver. We know Odell was dealing with that injury. He's, he's fully healthy here. So Chop any preference with those two guys? Is it is it a hands off on those two guys? As far as the running backs go, Hunt is significantly cheaper than, than Chubb, only fifty one hundred to Chubb sixty five hundred. And then same question: Can you play Lamar Jackson at eighty one hundred? Uh, of course you can play him. Are you going to be aggressively playing him? Yes, I, I will aggressively play him because I I uh, think Cleveland is a much much better team this year with a new coaching staff, fresh coaching staff altogether. They cleaned house. Just, I think they're just in a much better spot now. So 
with them being more competitive than last year, that leads me to Lamar in competitive games. Yes, absolutely. Love Lamar. Love his weapons. Mark Andrews, Marquise Brown to start off with. And, you know, we've seen a Baltimore running back on any given week can be an absolute slate breaker. Mark Ingram had multiple weeks last year where he just crushed it for multiple touchdowns. So you could play him. You could even sprinkle in some Dobbins if you think that's going to be the route. But they're all in play. So, yeah, I do like Lamar. On the other side, it's it's unfortunate this is like one of the low matchups that Cleveland could have drawn in week one because I think people still see that terrible year last year. Maybe they're not going to catch on right away. But uh, I want I wanted to play some Cleveland right out of the gate because I think they're going to be a, a much more improved team. Good offensive line coach come in, going to help that offensive line, going to make Baker better. He's really good with tight ends. Now he's got an actual tight end that looks to be a really solid tight end. And to answer your question, Odell over Jarvis, when they're, when they're both healthy and ready to go, Odell 100 times out of 100 over Jarvis Landry. So but this is a low matchup, like I said. So I don't know if I'm going to be pressing that lock button like I would have had this been a better matchup. Uh, and that's the problem. Baltimore at home is a tough defense. So I don't know how that's going to play out. But I think the Cleveland offense is good enough to uh, keep this thing competitive, which makes Lamar Jackson easily the top quarterback on the slate. It's a great point. You know, the Cleveland, you know, disappointment off last season, people aren't going to want to go there. So, you know, maybe you, you take it a little a little lower this, this week against the Ravens, and guess what? Cincinnati at home next week. So it looks like that's the Thursday night game, which uh, obviously we're not going to be able to load up on them the main slate. And then they get Washington uh, the week after that. So if they go out and they, they throw up a dud or, you know, these guys disappoint, we know what that means. You know, people are going to have that fresh in their memory. So uh, something you can take advantage of. Uh, for the following few weeks. So we got Baltimore minus eight, chop 48 and a half on that total. Eight and 48 and a half. I'm going to go ahead and I'm just going to, I'm going to take the underdog here. That's a lot of points. And I think Cleveland's improved enough to uh, hang within that mark. I agree. I'm going to take the eight points with the Browns. Derek, what do you got? Uh, I'll go opposite you guys. I'll take Baltimore. I think they're going to make some plays late in the game on defense. All right, let's talk the game of the week here, Derek. Jets and Bills. Uh, This one should not take us very long. I mean, I I do think there's some intriguing pieces on on these teams, but when they're playing each other, the total can't even hit 40. I mean, we're talking about a 30 to nine and a half point total here. Bills minus six and a half. And the Bills, a good football team. Like when you're just talking football teams, they've done an amazing job building this team, but uh, daily fantasy, it, it's pretty much Josh Allen, and then there's not much left. Jets side of things, I don't know what they're doing, Derek. They they don't want Le'Veon Bell. They, they're giving Frank Gore carries. The guy's 600 years old. I mean, it, it's just a mess over there. So this one should not take us very long, but uh, anything here that you, that you want to play here in week one? Not a lot, especially on the Jets side. You know, Sam Darnold just hasn't had a lot of opportunities. Um just not a very good cast around him. Uh, maybe Chris Herndon as a punt at tight end. I think he's 3,300. Uh, one of our guys has him listed as a conviction play in lineup HQ. So uh, I kind of like that a little bit. Um, and then on the Buffalo side, I'll probably take away into the approach. You know, Josh Allen, we think of him as a low floor, high ceiling type of quarterback, but it was actually the exact opposite last year. Maybe Stephon Diggs can help him uh, get going a little bit more, but he still needs to improve that deep ball. Still got John Brown there. And then Backfield's kind of a mess now that they got Zach Moss. Sounds like they like him a lot uh, from the University of Utah, by the way. Um, him and Singletary are going to be uh, splitting some work. So 
for me, I'll probably just avoid both sides outside of the Bills defense, who I think is a really strong option. Yeah, I just I'm not seeing much here. I I do think Moss is the better play. I think at the end of the year he's going to be the better of the two backs. Singletary uh, was great last season, but uh, clearly they're not sold on him being the guy. And, and Moss a thousand cheaper, so a little bit risky here uh, in week one. But maybe that's a little correlation play. You you take your shot at one of these backs uh, with the Bills defense. But I'm with you in the Jets. I I mean Crowder is going to catch a ton of balls this year, but uh, I don't I just don't see much. I do like Herndon. I hate this matchup. I'm just staying away from this one. There's too many other games to go to. Chop, you finding anything here that, that we didn't bring up? Any 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 diamonds in the rough here? Uh, no diamonds in the rough. I would say that when I did my player pool and uh, took a step back and took a look at the big thing, uh, the big picture, uh, I immediately went back in and, and eliminated all the Jets guys because there's just no reason for it. We got a huge main slate. Uh, just no reason for, for me to – want to try to jam in Perryman or somebody like that. So Jets are off the table. Buffalo, it could be a Stefan Diggs, you know, coming out and showing he's worth, you know, the acquisitions. So it could be a Diggs game. Uh, Josh Allen always has the rushing upside. You never know. Those running quarterbacks are the ones who win you GPP. So he's in play, but those are the only two guys I'm, I'm even vaguely interested in. All right, how about a batting play? Bills minus six and a half, and again, 39 and a half on that total. I uh, I think the Bills are going to be a good team this year that I think they're going to win the division. So I'm taking the Bills to crank up the season with a blowout. I am as well. I, I'm wondering why it's only six and a half. Makes me a, a little nervous. You, you'd think this line would be about eight, like we saw with Baltimore, but I will go the Bills here minus six and a half as well. Derek, what do you got? Yeah, I was going to say six and a half feels too low. Uh, so we are probably on the fish side of it, but give me the bills. Yep, we're stepping right into that Vegas trap, baby. So here, <laughs> here we go. Speaking of Vegas, Chop, next game up, uh, the newly minted Las Vegas Raiders head into Carolina. And this is another one. Could be fun. Two defenses that are not very good. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, obviously the lead story here, 10,000 on DraftKings to start the season off. So, we love to jam in these running backs, Chop. Are we paying 10000 for McCaffrey? Is that even high enough? Well, I mean, with the value that's out there and some maybe some of the mispricings in week one, this is a, this is a good spot for McCaffrey to, to jam him in. Sure, I don't, I don't see why not. That offense looks pretty good in general. So uh, McCaffrey, Bridgewater, DJ Moore. I mean, you didn't have, I've heard a lot of good things in the offseason about Ian Thomas. I'm not going to go there, but I heard, I heard he's had a good offseason. We know what Robbie Anderson can do. He can be a week-to-week game changer. So I'm not playing him, but you never know. He's a, he's a, he would be another FanDuel special with the long home run hitters. So, But I think that Carolina offense is in good shape. And, yeah, McCaffrey is – it's a great week to Jimmy Men because there's, there's value all over out there. So that's good. Vegas is interesting. Josh Jacobs gets a boost because uh, – they just recently, what did they do? They cut, they cut they, the back. Uh, they traded Lynn Bowden to Miami. So, what, yeah, what yeah, they, I mean, that's that's the worry with Jacobs is, is how involved is he going to be in the passing game with all these pass catching backs they keep drafting and trading for, and so yeah. So he's in a better spot now. Josh Jacobs is is probably in a better spot. The wide receivers are interesting. They got two rookies listed as starters on the depth chart: Ruggs and Edwards. Ruggs is the first round pick, and has the, all the pedigree. But he's getting a lower projection from us here at Roto-Grinders and, and, you know, other sites I've seen. 
are giving Brian Edwards a higher projection. So that's that's interesting, man. So I don't know what to make of that. I guess you go Darren Waller for sure. He's he's probably going to be the number one pass catcher in the offense. But Ruggs and Edwards are very interesting, cheap prices, and I think one of them has a breakout here. So I'm going to bet. Now I saw Brian Edwards in college at South Carolina, very good wide receiver. But boy, Henry Ruggs can be a, a absolute burner, man. So I think there, I have some interest in Henry Ruggs for sure. Yeah, I, I like both of those guys. I mean, Ruggs gives you that big playability. He's not just the, the home run hitter. He can do more than that. So I think you're going to start to see that. But we're talking very low ownership on these guys, you know, 3 and 2% uh, in big ceilings. Brian Edwards, a, a guy that maybe some people haven't heard of. Like you said, Chop, one hell of a receiver uh, at South Carolina. He's got some of that Debo Samuel to his game. So I think both these guys are going to be solid. My, I really like Josh Jacobs here. And I don't like him season long. The schedule is brutal. There's a lot of issues uh, with Josh Jacobs, so kind of where he's being picked and a lot of best balls, things like that. But you can't ask for a better matchup here than, than Carolina. I mean, they, they were that bad against the run last season. I mean, 32nd in DVOA. They gave up over four points per game, more fantasy points than the second worst team. So a uh, great matchup here to, to start off. They're road favorites. So uh, Jacobs, to me, gives you kind of a workhorse volume without paying a workhorse price so really like him in the spot uh Derek your thoughts here the Vegas Raiders and the Carolina Panthers yeah I love this game it's got a high total especially on the Raiders side uh, they got one of the highest implied totals uh, of any team in the slate uh, you mentioned Josh Jacobs being in a good matchup and Carolina lost a lot of pieces on defense as well so I think it's a really good spot for Jacobs and then I was just checking the ownership on some of the pass catchers you mentioned Ruggs and Edwards being low owned and Waller's only like four percent ownership as well so if they're going to score a lot of points with Tyrell Williams out, um, it's got to come from somewhere. So I don't mind getting pieces of Ruggs, Waller, and Edwards uh, on the Raiders' side. And then uh, you can obviously play Jacobs as well. And I will be paying up for C-Mac. Uh, it's just hard not to. Uh, he just offers such a high floor, such a high ceiling. They're going to get him the ball in space. And then I also like DJ Moore. Uh, he's got a low A dot, so uh, he gets a lot of targets uh, that are easy, that are high likelihood of success. And then he's one of the best when it comes to yards after the catch. That's kind of – uh, really good when it comes to fantasy production because he does have a high floor and a high ceiling. Uh, Anderson and Samuel are going to be the deep threats. Probably won't go there week one. But, uh, yeah, I like this game as a whole, and I think it's getting overlooked by the masses. It absolutely is. The more I'm looking at these ownerships, like th this might be the game to stack up. I mean, we're talking about uh, the quarterback. Derek Carr, 0.1%. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater, under 3%. DJ Moore, 4%. I mean, no, none of these receivers – are any higher than 4% owned. So uh, you can mix and match a few different ways here. That big playability of Anderson Samuel, the, the Raiders guys we talked about. So uh, this could be the game. The running backs are going to have some ownership, but none of these pass catchers or quarterbacks are, are garnering any ownership. So uh, I'm, I'm loving this uh, low owned stack here with this game. And that being said, I'm going the over here, sitting at 47 and a half. So I'm going to stack it up. I'm going to go over. You know, that means it's going to be a six to three game here. Uh, between these two teams but uh yeah leaning that over so Derek you got a pick here spread is Raiders minus three and a half we talked about it a lot last year when you like all the guys for DFS you take the over so give me the over boom chop uh I want to go that way but I'm just gonna go ahead and take Carolina I think I think Carolina is gonna uh, win this game outright all right there we go next game Chargers and Bengals this is our four o'clock window here we got three games on that 4 o'clock slate, wish they would have spread things out a little more, but uh, it is what it is. So let's uh, let's break this one down. Uh, Chop, let's go to you here. The Chargers, obviously, 
Uh, new team here, no Phillip Rivers. Uh, moving on to Tyrod Taylor. Uh, Eckler had a great year last year. As far as Cincinnati goes, some excitement on that side of the ball. Joe Burrow coming in now. Uh, weapons galore here. Joe Mixon's migraines are now gone. Uh, thanks to that $48 million contract. I really like him in this spot. So uh, this is another one. It feels a little bit under the radar, but uh, any uh, big plays here. Who are, you, who are you liking in this one, Chop? Yeah, the Chargers are, you know, year in and year out, one of the interesting teams. So talented, and they just could never put it together. Now this year, they're looking like they're going to have one of the better defenses in all of football, and then boom, Derwin James goes down in, in the preseason. So, yeah, they just can't quite get it together. Tyrod Taylor, I mean, gosh, maybe I'm way off on this, but – how is he a big upgrade? He's not an upgrade from Phillip Rivers. He's not been particularly good as in any of the years of his career. So they could have done a lot better there. Uh, with that being said, Austin Eckler should get the lion's share of the work and, you know, total work passing in and running. So I like Eckler in this spot. Mike Williams is highly questionable here. We got him listed in the lineup, but uh, he's questionable. So Keenan Allen, you know, would be the guy right there, especially on DraftKings where you're getting a full point for every reception. Keenan Allen would be a good a good player. Hunter Henry takes up the slack if Mike Williams is going to miss time. And so uh, that's a good spot for the, those three charges right there. On the other side is that's this is what I'm interested to see is the Cincinnati offense with uh, Joe Burrow coming in and have some weapons. A.J. Green coming back, Tyler Boyd. Uh, I don't even look down to John Ross. He's, he's, he's kind of fraudulent. So, But Tyler Boyd's going to be in for a big year. Joe Mixon, I like that one. Yeah, I think this is a good spot for Cincinnati's offense with the, the Chargers a little bit banged up on defense. So Mixon's up there at the top of my charts, and I'm actually going with old man A.J. Green to uh, at least the first several weeks of the year to be the guy in the passing offense. Yeah, he kind of feels like the, the new Larry Fitzgerald. Like, you, you better get your games out of A.J. Green early on here uh, before the season gets too long and he's not playing. So – uh, yeah, I, I mean, I love mixing here. Chargers uh, were not very good against the run last season. You lose Derwin James, and I know they're an underdog at home. It, it kind of makes you nervous with your running backs and what's he going to be, what's his passing game involvement going to look like. But uh, he just feels too cheap for a guy that we saw at the end of last season. They really want to get the ball uh, in his hands. So mixing for me here. Uh, mainly, I don't really like much from the Chargers. Eckler's always in play on a DraftKings, but that offense, I, I'm kind of concerned about this season. So good matchup here, but – uh, not overly excited about the Chargers. Derek, uh, your thoughts here, Chargers, Bengals. Yeah, it feels like we should like the Chargers offense quite a bit in this matchup, but I just don't know what to expect. It's not going to be a high uh, passing attack in terms of volume uh, with Tyrod Taylor under center. So that kind of you know lowers the appeal of Keenan Allen, Hunter Henry. Uh, we mentioned Mike Williams being questionable. He was originally expected to be out all of September. Now he's questionable. So keep an eye on that. And then Austin Eckler, you know, so much of his value came from the dump offs from Phillip Rivers. I still think he's an awesome back. Still think he's going to be good, but I just don't know if he's going to be as good without Rivers, you know, throwing him the ball every play. I agree on Mixon. He's my favorite play. Uh, one of my favorite plays of running backs this week. Uh, he's one of the few workhorse backs left in the NFL, especially in the slate. You know, Gio Bernard will get a few touches here and there, but uh, look for Mixon to get 20 plus touches and a pretty good matchup at home. Uh, so yeah, give me Mixon here. All right, we got Chargers minus three and a half here. The total at 43. Derek, what do you got? I'm going to go Bengals with the points. I'm going to agree. I, I'm even going to uh, sprinkle the money line here a little bit. I, I think since he gets off to a good start here with Joe Burrow, plus 148 on the money line. So I, I, I'll make those both official picks. I'm, I'm not going to 
tap toe and tip dance around it like Chop did. Those are both going on the books here. Chop, what do you got? Oh, no. We might just all agree on this game here. I, I really, it's hard to figure out how this is going to go. So, I, if Joe Burrow is is any kind of a quarterback, I think Cincinnati wins this game. So, I'm going Cincinnati, but, you know, we just don't know about the rookie quarterback. So, that's that's going to be the key right there. Don't know what for – for every Peyton Manning, there's a Heath Shuler or something like that. Like, you just never know. Good Paul and Heath Shuler. Where, I, don't know, that know, that? I don't know, man. I don't know, man. Because we were talking about the Redskins earlier. All right. Stuff. I thought Ryan Leaf was coming. Yeah, right. There you go, you Ryan Leaf. He pulled Heath Shuler. That was a hell of a <laughs> I don't know. But you just never know. There's no sure, there's no sure thing. So if he's a if he's anything like we thought he was last year in college, then Cincinnati is going to have a really nice offense with these targets, with these receivers. Uh, we need to look back and see what our records look like when we all agree on a pick. That's so maybe I'll try to dig into that. But we're all in the Bengals here. But uh, before we wrap up the the last two games, guys, want to welcome a new sponsor uh -oh. to the pod. Oh yeah, we're we're <laughs> gonna we go. talk. We're going to talk some balls here, Chop. We're, we're talking Manscaped. So uh, Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-waist grooming, offers precision engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. And Chop was telling me, you know, he, 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 had, he had some issues uh, trimming things up and had a hard time finding things. So that's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team Spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created and just released the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0. This third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to advanced skin safe technology pioneered by Manscaped. Guys, when I tell you it's premium, this baby is premium. But 90 minutes on the battery for a longer shave, waterproof there, chops, so you can, you can groom in the shower. And an LED light, which illuminates grooming areas so you can actually see things down there for a closer and more precise trim. They've also upgraded to a 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology and comes with a charging stand powered by a USB. So if you're listening to me right now, guys, which you are, I want you guys to experience this for yourself. You got to trim that junk ears, get 20% off in free shipping with the code ROTO at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you again. That's 20% off of free shipping with the code ROTO at manscaped.com. All right, back to football. You guys want to talk some Manscaped here real quick. I'm going to have to see if I can get a complimentary Manscaped kit there, man. That sounds, you know, as, as you get older, the, the balls become a little wrinkly, and it's a, you, they get nicked up with the regular razor. You, I, might have to, I might have to go to the Manscaped. Now, I, I did send me a box. I, I am, uh, I, I've used the lawnmower 3.0. I wouldn't talk about it if I haven't. And I got to tell you, the thing is, is pretty nice here. So uh, we, we'll see if we can get you guys hooked up with one here. But uh, again, 20% off free shipping. Can't beat that deal. Make sure you guys check it out. Code ROTO at manscaped.com. Derek, you want to talk any manscaping here or back to football? I mean, not the worst. He's from Utah, man. Day. They let it grow out. <laughs> yeah. Let it go wild. It's a style here. Hey man, that's that's uh, I'm just moving on past that, there. I, I, I didn't need to know all that. So Tampa Bay, New Orleans, our next game here on the slate. Two games left here for us on the main slate in Week One. And uh, new look Buccaneers here, Derek. They bring in Tom Brady. They bring in Gronk. We, we know Evans Godwin's still there. Uh, they bring in your boy Leonard Fournette. We'll see if he gets acclimated to this offense right away. And then we know what we have in the Saints, a, a juggernaut offensively. So. 
an interesting game here. Another one where there's a ton of guys in play. Who are you making a priority? Who are you staying away from? Are you stacking this game? What do you got, Bucks and Saints? Yeah, Saints, we know where the production is coming from. You got Kamara, you got Michael Thomas, Drew Brees at home is always viable. So uh, we know the, the options over there. And all of them are pretty strong options. Uh, the Bucks, I think their defense is going to be better this year, um, even if it's just because they're not going to be, you know, letting the opponents start on uh, their 20-yard line every time with Jameis Winston throwing interceptions. As for their offense, a lot of question marks. Um, if Brady's washed, uh, Fournette's going to get enough work. If Ronald Jones is really the number one guy, like they're saying. Uh, is Gronk going to do anything except catch touchdowns? But the one guy that I don't have a lot of question marks is Chris Godwin. I think he's in for a huge year. You know, we've seen Edelman, what he's been able to do with Brady under center over the last, you know, 10 years, whatever whatever it's been. Uh, so I think Godwin's going to have a big year. And then Mike Evans probably going to garner one-fourth of the ownership of Godwin, maybe. Um, I haven't actually checked the ownership projections. But I imagine everyone's going to go to Godwin. So maybe sprinkle some Evans into your uh, GPP lineups as well. But overall, uh, I like all the Saints. And then uh, bringing it back with Godwin makes a lot of sense for me. All right, I'm going to pull up some of that ownership here. We'll give people a little peek behind the curtain while I'm doing that shot. What do you got here, Tampa Bay and New Orleans? This is the most uh, anticipated game for me this weekend. I, we get to see, I mean, Brady and Gronk reunited, but in Tampa Bay, I think it's going to be super interesting to see how this plays out. He's got a ton of weapons here with Evans and Godwin. Uh, and then the running backs are going to be okay. And I, don't, I don't think they're going to have too big of a role. So, yeah, this passing game is going to be fun to watch, man. They get to kick it off against Breeze and the Saints. With all those weapons, I'm expecting a huge day at Alvin Kamara trying to get that contract. So, I think he's going to be a monster uh, right, out, right out the gate. Played last year injured. I think that's, a, that's behind him now. I like Alvin Kamara for a big game. And, you know, another peek behind the curtain is the Blitz with Derek Carty, a great projection system. Uh, and he says, you always play Michael Thomas at home. It's just a no-brainer. You always play Thomas at home. It's a good matchup for him. He's at home. Why not Michael Thomas? So Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara, run it back with, take your pick. I like a lot of these weapons on Tampa Bay, but I actually think Tampa's going to have a pretty good year offensively with Brady. And Godwin and Evans both under 10% uh, as far as ownership goes. And Evans actually projected for higher ownership there, Derek. So uh, you're going to get your boy Godwin uh, really cheap. Uh, the Thomas thing is always tough. Like, I agree. He's in such a good spot. And a 9K, though, is, is a big price. But, uh, I mean, he, he does always do well at home. I, I think this is a matchup. We know Tampa Bay is much better uh, against the run than they are the pass. So uh, this game, this is another one. The ownership just doesn't. Doesn't reflect what it should be in this game. So definitely one I'm going to have a ton of interest in uh, as well. And Kamara, uh, that's a great call. You know, they're, they're good against the run, but they've had some issues uh, with pass catching back. So, uh, Derek, your thoughts here, uh, Saints? Or you, already, you already gave us your thoughts, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah, see, I'm losing it here. We got to go to the, <laughs> we gotta go to the betting window now. Uh, New Orleans minus three and a half, 49 on the total. Chop, what do you got? Give me the over. New Orleans defense, a little bit weaker this year. Tampa's offense, uh, he's going to put up some points. And then New Orleans at home, not going to get shut down or anything. So give me the over. All right, Derek, what do you got? Uh, I don't want to bet against New Orleans at home, but uh, I kind of like that three and a half points for Tampa. So give me them. I am going to go with Tampa as well. I think we get a good game here, competitive. Uh, line feels a little too high again. You lose the crowd noise, lose things like that. Uh, and Brady, a veteran, he's going to know how to handle this. So 
I'll go with Tampa as well. So, all right, let's close it out. Arizona, San Francisco, our last game here on the main slate. Uh, Chop, we'll go to you here to close this out here. Uh, I, I, the Niners, one of the highest team totals on the slate, and, and we know they love to run the ball, but if you guys seen the numbers for Jimmy Garoppolo against Arizona last season, this guy threw for 741 yards and eight touchdowns uh, in two games against the Cardinals. So uh, another low-owned guy, 2%, 3% owned here for Garoppolo. I really like that. I know his pass catchers are banged up, but Kittle's a guy you can pair with him. Arizona's always struggled against the tight end. And Kendrick Bourne going to be the low-owned receiver I'm going to call out here for the Niners. Far the Arizona side of things. A lot of ways you can go here, Chop. Sounds like Hopkins is getting close to getting paid uh, so they can alleviate that issue. But receiver switching teams, it's generally not been a good thing for fantasy. So close us out here, 49ers and Cardinals. Uh, not a game I'm particularly interested in, if we're being honest. On the 49ers side, Garoppolo, because the numbers are good, the way they play him on defense, the way the Arizona defense plays against him, you know, yeah, you can go with the little Jimmy G. Uh, the main guy I'd be interested in is George Kittle. The pass catchers with Debo hurt, maybe he's going to be active for this game. That just gives him so many weapons or so many different mouths right there. I don't know if anybody's particularly uh, playable in that receiving core. And then the running backs are the same way, and we've seen that we saw it in the playoffs, and it's kind of a microcosm of what they do. Uh, not only do you have Mostert and Coleman, but now Jarek McKinnon's having a good camp. I wouldn't doubt if he comes in and gets more passing work. So, I mean, now you got three guys. So, it's just a tough, tough deal now. Not to say one of them won't be the guy who scores three touchdowns, but I don't want to try to pin my hopes on uh, projecting that. So, it's tough, man. I think George Kittle's the way I want to lean on the Frisco offense and not too much else. Arizona, I think this is a tough, tough matchup to start off with, even though I have high hopes for this offense this year. But – on the road against this defense, not particularly appealing. So, uh, but I think Kyler Murray's in play. Kenyon Drake, because of the ownership on those guys, super low owned, and they did have decent games against this defense last year. Um, and I'm probably a little higher on Hopkins than others. I, I think he's good enough to transcend that trend of receivers switching teams, not doing particularly well. I think Hopkins is in for a big PPR year. I'm not, not a fan of his on FanDuel. But where you get a point per reception, I think he's going to be fine on DraftKings. Yeah, Kyler played, you know, looking at the numbers, 26 and 23 DraftKings points against his team, five total touchdowns in those two games. So he's a guy that, you know, he can play well in a lot of different matchups with his ability to run. And now he's got new weaponry there. So uh, Larry Fitz is, is healthy for a couple weeks. So uh, I don't mind Kyler as well, you know, especially on the main slate. I think you'll get a lot more ownership on him on the three-game slate. Uh, with just those three games and not very many attractive quarterback options. But on the main slate, maybe you get him lower owned. And I don't even think you need to pair him. A little, little naked Kyler Murray here. So, uh, Derek, close us up here, Cardinals and 49ers. Yeah, naked Kyler Murray while you're uh, using your Manscaped. Um, there you go. That sounds like a llama. day right there, baby. <laughs> uh, yeah, I agree with most of what Chop said. Uh, you know, I like the Arizona offense this year. I think Kyler Murray in his sophomore year with the new weapons is going to be very good, but don't really want to play him on the road. Against the Niners, you know, they got one of the best defenses in the NFL. Uh, and I think Kenyon Drake's interesting, but um, we'll see if he – he just priced up a little bit too much. We got Josh Jacobs, Joe Mixon, Miles Sanders, all at the same price point. So I'll prefer those three over him. Then on the Niners side, they just had such a balanced offense, especially with three backs uh, all leading into that work. 
Uh, so if Debo Samuel's out, then uh, it'll become more interesting for me. Uh, Kendrick Bourne and, you know, maybe Kittle. But Kittle's really expensive on DraftKings. He's more of a play for me on FanDuel. where you do have the softer salaries a little bit. Um, you know, on DraftKings, I typically like to save a little bit at the tight end position. Um, so overall, I don't have a ton of interest in this game in the main slate, but uh, I'll have some pieces in the three-game slate. All right, let's give our final betting pick here. We have San Francisco minus seven. We have 47 and a half on the total, Derek. I will go, give me Arizona plus seven. All right, I'm going to go to the other side. I, I just think the Niners are the much better team here. I do expect Arizona to be better this season, but uh, this is a tough draw here. I, I think the Niners uh, win this one by double digits. Give me the Niners minus seven. Chop, what do you got? I'm going to split the difference there, guys, and take a – well, I'm going to take an entirely different – I'm going to go over. I think this uh, Arizona offense has a chance to put up a few points on Frisco, so I'm going to take the over in this game. All right, there you go, and that'll wrap us up for week one. Uh, if you guys are looking for Sunday night, uh, Chops Cowboys are playing. It's a, a fun team I'm actually excited for, but uh, we don't want to get this thing. We went a little over an hour. Our goal is going to be to keep it right around an hour. I'll make it easy listening for you guys, so – uh, well, again, we'll have you covered over at Roto Grinders with all the content uh, for those showdown slates uh, for Monday night. So uh, just stay on the site and keep an eye out for that. Guys, any final thoughts here? Any bold calls? Anything you want to wrap it up for before we get out of here? Chop, let's go to you. Uh, yeah, no, no, just uh, very, very stoked to get this underway and to have the clock kick kick tilt down and then we get to sit down and watch our red zone for about seven or eight hours it's going to be an enjoyable experience so i'm looking forward to it uh we'll save the bold calls moving forward but just i'm just happy to have some football back man yeah i, I echo that 100 percent. you know we didn't know we were going to have it uh, here we are let's hope everything goes smoothly uh, we don't have any setbacks or anything and I, I would take it easy in week one. You know, we didn't get a preseason to see how, how some situations are going to work out. So I, I wouldn't dive in too heavy with your bankroll. Remember, it's a long season. Uh, you want to be smart about it and spread things out. So uh, clearly there's some huge contests out there that, I mean, there's one that has over a million entries uh, on DraftKings. So you're going to find some overlay. I, I would say hunt some of that out. There's always a ton of overlay uh, in week one. But uh, be smart to have fun with it. And uh, really looking forward to, to just having football back in our lives. So Derek, uh, close us out here. Final thoughts. Week one is the best week to be different. Uh, it's the best week to avoid groupthink. Um, there's going to be a lot of that going on this week. There's going to be everyone gravitating towards the same plays. We think these, we know these teams. We think they know the role of each player, but we really don't, especially, you know, with no preseason with, uh, you know, very limited training camps. So don't be afraid to be different and uh, take some strong stands on players. That's right. That's where that ownership projections can come in handy. So we got you covered over at Roto Grinders. Make sure you guys get signed up for a core four premium subscription. That's going to give you access to the four major sports, golf, baseball, NBA, and the NFL. Uh, projections for every game, ownership projections, and just a ton of information uh, under that umbrella. So uh, make sure you guys get signed up for that. So we will sign off here for week one. Guys, glad to be back here. Appreciate everybody for listening. As always, we'll be back next week uh, breaking down what happened in week one and talking week two. But uh, thanks again for tuning in for Notorious Head Chopper. I am Beer saying salut. Best of luck this week, guys. And we'll see you next week. <laughs>